This episode of Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. When my daughter is sick, I turn to my Kinsa smart thermometer for peace of mind. It remembers her temperature, symptoms, and medication, so I don't have to. And the best part, it even lets me send it to her doctor. Amazing. Go right now, get your own Kinsa at kinsahealth.com. And this episode of Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Bumby Box, an eco-friendly toy subscription service your kids will love. Each Bumby Box comes with fun, play-based toys and activities specially chosen for your child. And if you enter the code M-I-H-O-O-D at checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. Go right now to BumbyBox.com and find out why Bumby Box is a better way to play. Come on, Mama! Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, friends. Welcome. It's episode 42 of Motherhood in Hollywood. My guest today is the Hollywood housewife. Laura Tremaine is on the show today, and I've been so excited. I'm trying to like get her on the show for months, so this is a big win for me, um, especially because Laura is also from Oklahoma, like I am, so we got to get a little bit of our oaky on, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> We'll let you figure out whatever, uh, when you decide whatever get our Ogie on means. Um, but anyway, Laura had a very successful blog uh, for many, many years called Hollywood Housewife. And it's, uh, she's married to a very successful director. And she talks about what her life was like as a Hollywood housewife. And now that she's closed the blog, what she's doing now and what she hopes to do in the future. We also talk a little bit about parenting in LA. We talk about being from Oklahoma. We talk about faith. It's uh, just such a great conversation that I had with her and I love getting to know her. Um, What else is happening? Hey guys, how you been? What's going on? Thank you all, by the way, for all of your tweets and um, following me on Instagram. And we have a bunch of new followers over on Facebook as well. If you want to follow Motherhood in Hollywood, um, you can do that. (laughs) Thanks to the beauty of the internet. Go to Twitter uh, at MIH Podcast, also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not a real, like... I don't post a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm one of those people who, um, I don't know. I feel like I don't post unless I have something to say. I get, if you'll very rarely see posts from me that are like gratuitous. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> not in the way you're thinking. No, I totally am ridiculous right now. I post things that I think are funny or little things that pop in my head every now and then, but I'm not, it's not like all day, every day. Like I don't feel the need to constantly be filling up your newsfeed with posts. So just think about that. Also make sure you subscribe to motherhood in Hollywood on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can also find me on player FM. We're all over the place, all over the business. And of course you can always listen to the show and read my blog posts and updates on the MIH 15 by 15 and whatnot uh, at motherhoodandhollywood.com. I do want to take a second to say hello to a few new Twitter followers we have. Twitter's blowing up over there, you guys. I'm so excited. I want to say hello to Ilana Becker. Hi. Hey, what's up? Thanks for finding Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm glad we've found each other. Also, uh, Nefertiri Plessy. Hey, girl. She is with uh, at Single Mom Planet. Very cool over there. Caroline Ray, you guys, the Caroline Ray. Uh, is now friends with me on Twitter. And I'm just going to also assume in real life, right? I think that's a pretty big uh, 
that's not a big leap, right? <laughs> I'm just going to assume everyone who I'm friends with on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter is also friends with me in real life. Love you guys. Uh, so what else is happening? Oh, the MIH 15 by 15, just three weeks left to go to reach, reach my goal. And I'm going to be honest with you. I love food. I love eating. I'm a lazy snacker. I'm a bored snacker and I make really poor choices. So the MIH 15, which if you don't know, is my, um, challenge to myself to lose 15 pounds by my 15th wedding anniversary and try fun, unique workouts all over LA, which I've been doing. The workouts have been great. And I've been trying to go to other workouts and hit the gym, um, in between like the fun, unusual workouts. Like I went to a Broadway class that was fantastic, uh, last week. And I went to uh, Cirque du Soleil, well not Cirque du Soleil, it was like a circus class um, as well. So much fun. But for me, I'm learning the real problem lies with my diet and what I'm eating and what I'm not eating. I really need to start reading more and researching more about what foods to eat, like foods that give me energy. And I love vegetables and I love all that stuff, but you know, when you're tired and you're out and about and you're running errands and you've only got a few hours before you have to pick up your child from preschool, um, you just want to run through a drive-thru really quick and you can't eat a salad in the car, you know? I mean, you could, but it would be a little messy. So yeah, I just need to find out a better system of getting better foods. I know some people pack their foods and put them in Tupperware and take it with them. Um, Maybe I'm just lazy, but that sounds really tedious. But if that's what you, I guess if that's what you got to do to get healthy, that's what you got to do. So I'm totally open for suggestions. If anybody has any tips on what they're doing to eat healthier on the go, I would love to hear that. Um, I'm in my, like I said, I'm in my last few weeks of this challenge and I'm, I'm, oh, I'm determined to make it. I will make it. Um, all right. What else was going on? Oh, Chris's birthday was this week. Yay. We celebrated my husband's birthday and we took him to this, um, great hibachi bar in Pasadena. It was so much fun. Our friends came out, we sang to him and then we finally saw Batman versus Superman. Okay. So Batman versus Superman. I have so many thoughts on this. I may write a blog post about it just because um, <laughs> I don't want to spend the whole hour me me talking about how frustrated I was with Batman versus Superman. It was disappointing on many levels. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but um, I just, it was all over the place. Uh, Amy Adams is so sweet, but she is just not a Lois Lane to me, you know, but maybe that's what they're, how they're directing her, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to, I have questions. I want to talk to the director about it and be like, what's going on here? And the writer, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but you never know. (laughs) So, um, a couple of things to be on the lookout for coming up. I'm going to be on a couple of other podcasts, a guest, uh, on a couple of other podcasts, a really fun podcast called carry on that is with my friend Kat and, um, her husband, Alec, they host a podcast that's all about sex in the city. And Oh my God, I could talk about sex in the city for days. I loved being on that. So be on the lookout for that. That's also a really fun show if you want to check it out. And I'm going to be a guest on a show coming up in a couple of weeks called Neil Before Odd. And it is part of the Geek Girl Authority family. And I thought we were going to be talking like she was going to grill me on all this like geek and nerdy stuff. So I totally was like studying in my car. I was like, okay, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about and I can make, you know, good references so people will think I'm cool. And then we didn't really talk about geek stuff 
Like at all. So it was a really interesting episode. You guys, well, uh, I want to check that out. I'll be sure and tweet that out and post it on the Facebook. All right. So that's enough for my mommy monologue today. I'm going to wrap it up and get right to the interview with uh, my fellow Oklahoman and very lovely mom. I'm so excited to have met her and have her in my life now. Here is the Hollywood housewife, Laura Tremaine. So... I'm um, really excited to have a fellow Okie with me in the studio. Can I can I call you an Okie? You can call me an Okie. I'm a proud Okie. See, um, my mom gives me a hard time because I um, when I first moved out here, I was like, "Stop telling people I'm from Oklahoma. It's embarrassing. They're gonna think I'm dumb." But it was right after Jessica Simpson like was having a big scandal because she was being such a dingbat, you know, and it was embarrassing. And I, you know. Except Jessica Simpson's from Texas. Right. But people, I feel like people don't know they're different. They just assume. (laughs) That's kind of true. You know what I mean? Like they just assume, oh, you're from Oklahoma. It's just like Texas. Well, kind of, but not really. It's a little different. It's a little different. But I think I feel the opposite. When I was growing up in Oklahoma, I felt like, oh, I'm from this podunk place. And then when I moved out here, I was like waving the Oklahoma flag all the time. Why did you feel like it, it was something you uh, want, took like wanted people to know about? Or did you get kind some of. extra I like attention? I, I took it on as an identity, I think. Because people noticed my accent right away, mm-hmm. which I'm, I don't even know if you can hear it because we're don't. both Okies. Yeah, I don't hear When you um, – I actually read that on your blog about how your husband was like this girl with an accent. And I was like, oh, I wonder if she's real twangy. I, you're not. I can slip into twangy real easy. After a couple of drinks. Or when I'm on the phone with my family, I'll be so twangy. <laughs> and then I'll hang up and I'll go back to regular. My husband goes, do you know when you're on the phone to your mom, you start talking like this? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> No, I do it too. It's like speaking a different language. It is. It is. And then I'll get off and and not speak that way. But so I think my accent when I first moved out here was really strong. Mm -hmm. And I, when people would notice it right away, I would started just sort of taking it on, I think, as an identity thing. And then also I was homesick. Yeah. And so it, it helped me deal with homesickness to be like, to talk about Oklahoma a lot, to really be the Oklahoma girl. Yeah. That became a big part of my identity for a long time. In fact, I feel like I'm only kind of now shedding that. Not shedding it like I'm not an Oklahoma girl, but yeah. it's just not the first five but things I say. you've been in L.A. now for how long? Fif- almost 15 years. Yeah. I moved right before um, September 11th. I moved in 2001. Yeah. We, um, we've been here now almost 11 years, and I, I would say probably like five or six years ago, we kind of realized like we consider L.A. to be home now. More, more so than Oklahoma because we've been in L.A. longer as a married couple than we were ever were in Oklahoma. So because um, we're not that old. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I miss – there's aspects of Oklahoma that I miss, but mostly it's, I'm not as much of a fan as you are. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's easy to be a fan from afar. Yeah, right. Every time we go back, we're like, oh, man. We're, we're glad that we moved. There's just nothing. There wasn't anything there for us in terms of career and like what we wanted to do. Um, there's not a lot of acting opportunities in Oklahoma for like TV shows and movies. And That's true. Like that. That's the total truth. Yeah. So um, and then my husband uh, does finance and stuff like that. So he can pretty much do that anywhere. But I don't know. We just we like it out here. There's a there's 
a weird sense of home in LA, even though you wouldn't think so because it's such a big city. I love Los Angeles. You know, it's become, or maybe it's always been, kind of cool that to roll your eyes at Los Angeles. Like, oh, sure. LA people. Oh, yeah. Or like, nobody stays there. Nobody likes it there. And it's all fakey fake and I'm like that's just not how I've experienced LA at all I think the the reality shows don't help I think a lot of the like Beverly Hills Housewives type shows and Orange County Housewives that doesn't help with the image yes because that's not the LA that I know either I know I don't know I don't know anyone like that Uh -uh. like literally I know no one that doesn't mean that they don't exist I think that is a slice of LA but it's such a small Small. slice Mm -hmm. and then even movies that are like about Los Angeles that are really famous, even ones I love, like Clueless or whatever. Right. The stereotype of that is also not not really, helpful. Yeah, not helpful at all, and not too realistic. I mean, I'm sure, the, like you said, that's a small slice. There's those people exist, but no, like everybody I know is just super normal and cool, and like working their li- jobs and living their lives and raising their kids. And there's like neighborhoods. There's neighborhoods. It's not like New York City or even downtown Chicago or some of those places where um, it's super, super urban. Right. LA is not that way. It's just so spread out. It's very spread out. I love the fact that we can like, we're 30 minutes from the beach. We're um, a couple of hours from Vegas, a couple hours from wine country, a couple hours from Joshua Tree. I mean, there's so many cool things Mm -hmm. around LA that it's no wonder there's like 22 million people living here. I love LA because I think it's the perfect place to be whoever you want to be. Yeah. Like you can be one thing for a year and then just be like now I'm gonna be something else and people here are like all right I support that yeah (laughs) it's true it's that's weirdly true like now I'm a podcaster and people are like all right I get it yeah I'm into that um I love that is that why you moved out here originally is because you were like I'm just gonna go and and uh see what's out in California something kind of romantic about it you know um the grapes of wrath traveling uh from uh Oklahoma to California looking for a better life it was very it was sort of strangely grapes of wrathy. I came out here with my brother's like big diesel pickup truck, like pulling mattress yeah. in the bed, like that whole thing. I came here just because I wanted to get out of Oklahoma. Yeah. And for lots of reasons. I just felt very itchy there. I had I went to OU. I went to college there. We can still be friends, by the way. I don't know if you saw that in my email, but I, I was did. like Oh, God. All right. We can still talk. Because we, my husband and I are big Oklahoma State fans. That's where we met. That's where we fell in love. Um, and we try to catch a game whenever there's one on TV out here. Oh, I, we, are we, you big OU fans still? Um, well, that's a different story. My whole, <laughs> my whole family is big OU fans. My parents went there. My sister went there. We've had the same season football tickets since like 78. Like, oh my gosh. We are big time OU fans. And I, when I moved out here, it was a, another thing to keep me connected was to watch football and just to become a really big OU sports fan from yeah. out here. Yeah. And then when I was pregnant with my daughter, the OU Texas game sent me into early labor. Because <gasps> it was so stressful. I was jumping up and down. It was very stressful. And we lost that game. P.S. Oh, and after that, I, I quit cold turkey. Really? Mm-hmm. You were just like, I'm done. I was like, this is... This isn't right. So stressful. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think, I mean, maybe other parts of the country are serious about football, but Oklahoma football, like, 
we have nothing else. There's no major sports teams there. There's, well, now there is. Well, now. But when we were yeah, growing when up. we were there, there was nothing. Now and there's the thunder. The thunder, yeah. Um, but there's, uh, yeah, it was football on Friday nights, college football on Saturdays, the Dallas Cowboys on Sundays. Like, that's just what you did. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Other parts of the country are super in yeah. football. But, yeah, I had to I had to give it up. I was like, if if my reaction to this is so strong that my water's going to break. Right, that you're going into labor. I feel like I need to, like, call it done. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to talk about sports then. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, all right, so you came out here and you were uh, looking for something different, something unusual, and – um, just to kind of get out of Oklahoma, but you found yourself in television, which is really interesting because now it seems like it's so competitive really to get in on either side of the camera in TV. But you, um, started working in reality shows. I did. I got, I don't know if it's, if, I mean, it was competitive then too. I I don't know that it's gotten more so or not. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have no gauge on that, but my, I just got my first job, a PA job, like the lowest ranking PA. Mm -hmm. Um, on a Tom Green special for MTV. Uh-huh. And I got it from, like, my sorority sister's uncle's ex-girlfriend's brother was the connection. <laughs> That's the real connection. What sorority were you in, side note? I was a Theta. Oh, a Theta. I can see that. And that's a nice thing. What I do mean, you mean that I, nice can see that. I can see that. A theta. The Thetas at Oklahoma State, um, we're going to have a total sorority moment. I was a Gamma Phi Beta. Um, the Thetas at Oklahoma State were very beautiful, very smart. They were all very well put together, lovely gals. Um, and then you have the Gamma Phi's that were just partying and puking in the, in the parking lot, like, woo! I mean, ridiculous. So anyway, continue. The OU Thetas <laughs> had a little bit of both. I'll just, I'll just a say A little that. mix of both. Yeah. So um, connections help is what you're saying. Connections help. That's why we're in sorority is for networking purposes. Uh-huh. So that's how I got my first job as like the lowest PA. And then once you have your foot in the door and you're not just a total doofus, mm-hmm. you can they make it work. You can do it. Yeah. Um, what then? Uh, I know I've read your love story on um, Hollywood Housewife. And um, that's your former blog, which we can talk about too in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to talk about your love story. And you guys met on set. You met your husband on set. But you guys did not like have that spark right away. Or do you think that you kind of knew deep down? No, no spark right away. The first no? time I saw him, I thought he was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was so dirty. He had like long, greasy, gross hair. Ooh. I think he had like stubble. He dressed like a hobo yeah I mean he just wears like I mean still to this day he just he dresses like a 12 year old like t-shirts wear a lot of t-shirts that's what my husband does he comes home from work and he's just immediately into the t-shirt with the you know words on it and I'm like why does every t-shirt you own have to have words and he's like oh funny um I mean at least my husband's t-shirts now are clean he has a cleaner look than he used to that's good so when I first met him I didn't know who he was he created the show jackass which had by that time was already very very popular i'd never seen it and Mm -hmm. then when i did see it i was horrified (laughs) like i did not even think it was funny i didn't think those guys were cute like all parts of it to me were so disgusting Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to tell anyone i was doing it except that (laughs) the movie was being made by paramount and to me 
I mean, to anyone, like, I was like, wow, this is like a feature film being made by a major studio. Like, this is a big deal. I'm not going right. to pass up the opportunity, it's not even just though. dick and fart jokes. Right. And, you know, like, like, even stunts. though I think they're gross. Right. For me, like, career wise, for me, I'm going to take it, you know? So, so you were offered a, a chance to work on the feature um, behind the scenes after working on Tom Green's show. Yeah, same same executive producer. Same executive producer. Okay, took me, it. you know, took me from the Tom Green thing, which was a short, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a Christmas special. Took me and said, you know, I'm doing this movie. Come work on that. So I did. And I was one of the few girls. It's a very heavily male yeah, crew even. Um, I was still fresh sorority. Like <laughs> I'd only been here a few months. Like I. Now you were an adorable blonde. Still are an adorable blonde. Do you think that helped? That they were like, look at this cute blonde sorority chick from Oklahoma. Bring her on. No. <laughs> I don't think that. I mean, I think that they were... Um, <laughs> the the Jackass guys and that crew, they, they looked at me like I was an alien. Mm. Like, they were not like cute little girl from Oklahoma. They were like, who's this chick? I didn't really drink much or... I had never done drugs because I didn't like swear like I was really square yeah and for their group a square girl (laughs) is not cool right like in any way (laughs) I get that impression very much yeah (laughs) like I was the opposite of cool so they just thought I was like weird like who's this weird girl and I didn't even talk to Jeff I mean we did not even speak and I'm talking this was a really small crew so we barely even... he was the director, or was he... He was not the producer, right? He was the director. Producer, director, creator. Okay. He, oh, all of it. It's his okay. thing with um, his partners, Knoxville and Spike Jones. Okay. And we didn't speak until... Maybe not didn't speak, but like we bar- didn't really have a conversation. Just had like minimal contact and stuff. Until we were on set in Florida shooting this crazy Rube Goldberg thing that's in the first movie. It's in the credits of the first movie. And on my, like, at a break or something, and I was sitting in the van reading Anna Karenina, and he was like, what the F are you doing? <laughs> like, this is the jackass set. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And I was like, I have no interest in this situation. <laughs> I'm just reading my book. Yeah, right? Like, oh And God. so we started talking that, that night at the bar, because everyone would go, to, like, out to the bar at right. night, and, and we just started talking, and I, we've just been talking since. Oh, I love that. Did you ever have any interest to be an actor? Were you ever one of those girls that no. was like, I want to be an actor? No. no. I'm not good in front <laughs> of a camera. Oh, no, really? Like, to this moment, I'm not. Really? Not your thing, huh? No, I'm not being self-deprecating. Yeah. I'm being, like, no, really factual. So. Yeah. I'm really I bad in front of a camera. I think there's such... Um, I know so many actors and so many people who are so desperate to be in front of the camera that whenever I meet somebody who is truly, honestly, like, no, that I'm not interested, I'm always like, really? What is that like? Because, I mean, I just, nobody in my world is ever like that. They're all like, look at me, I'm a star. Point that camera over here, you know, that kind of a thing. There's such oh, a... no, I'm not that. <laughs> no, that's not me at all. No. <laughs> Um, so how did that then, um, grow? Cause you were his assistant. How did your relationship grow? You were his assistant, um, for a while. And- I, I became his assistant when his assistant left after we were done shooting that movie and for, for, to promote Jackass the movie, they did a press tour mm-hmm. and I was his new assistant. So I traveled with him mm-hmm. everywhere. Like we did all kinds of 
stuff for the movie and we were had become really good friends by then he had gone through a breakup of, with a longtime girlfriend and we just got to be closer and closer but we were just friends we did not nothing romantic happened for like two years so there's nothing during that truly whole time. nothing i mean we were we were so hard to, i can't imagine working in such close quarters with somebody and not because they say you know guys and girls can't just be friends right well, I mean, I think there was something there. I'm not going to yeah, say that yeah. there wasn't something there, but there we didn't so much as hold hands. Like we, nothing. For two years, I went on, he did a show afterwards called Wild Boys mm-hmm. and asked me to come work on that. And so it was on Wild Boys, which was like two years later that we um, finally like basically like had a sit down and said, we got to, our relationship is weird because it is hard to be, boys <laughs> yeah. and girls can't be friends kind of thing. Yeah. He's quite a bit older than me. What do you mean by quite a bit? I looked at his picture. He's super cute, by the way. Thank you. Can I say that about your husband? Is that inappropriate? No, I think he's darling. <laughs> I'll edit it out if it is. He's but darling. he's so handsome. Thank you. He's 13 years older. So okay. at the time, it didn't bother me. So he's it bothered only thir- him. He's only 35 is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh. <laughs> so he just, he was freaked out by dating. Yeah. Like a, a a youngin and I, mm-hmm. it didn't bother me at all yeah. but we had to like have like a kind but of a that's so Jesus. interesting most guys would be like yeah give me the young hot lady you know and like you're saying that he was like oh I don't know I feel like you in know. LA that's like the thing to do guys want to date the younger girl and the hotter girl nobody wants someone their own age it wasn't his style not that not that he didn't like a younger girl it, I think because when we finally acknowledged that we were going, that we had these feelings feelings, for each other, it was serious. It wasn't like a hookup. Right, right. And so he was like, I don't, I want to like be with, like, I don't want to marry a girl who's in, who's in her mid twenties. Like I was still very young to him. He was like, you should be partying it up and being crazy and finding yourself and all that. And I was like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to be like a crazy girl with or without you. Right. Like, I think that there's some girls who do need to do that and get it out of their system. But honestly, there's a lot who don't need to do that. Like, I wasn't going to do that. We don't need to do that. I didn't. Like, I met my husband in college. We got married a short time after. And um, I don't know. I think I'd had like maybe one or two serious boyfriends before him. But I knew when I met him, I knew he just kind of. I don't know. I feel like at some point some people just know. Oh, I knew. But yeah. I, I knew, and I had to be – I'm honest about this. I had to convince Jeff. <laughs> Do a little, a little I was like, listen, I know this, and so just follow my lead. Is this after you guys started dating? You were like, listen, we need you need to just marry me, and let's do this, or – um, Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of that, but it was sort of like once we decided to, to be together, mm-hmm. it was – we both knew, like, it was forever. Yeah. I kind of – yeah, and then you know, because when we first started, when we first started dating, he tried to give me the whole speech about how he didn't ever want to get married and didn't want to have kids. Oh, I know. Why do guys do that? Why do they do that? I don't know. I think it's maybe they're trying putting. It's like a wall. Like I just want to make sure you know, like I really like you, but I'm not ever going to get married and have kids, so don't put that. They don't want to be tied down. I think they just don't want that pressure. Right, but then when my response was right, well, I'm going to walk. Like I, I yeah. have family tattooed on my forehead. A lot of women don't, though. A lot of women are like, okay, he'll change his mind, or I'll just wait, you know. But I think if you you having the willingness willingness to be like, I'm going to go, then. Oh yeah. Well, I had the willingness to be like, I'm going to go eventually, but and I never get, had to give him an ultimatum. It never came to that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I had time on my side. Like I was like 25. I don't know. Like, <laughs> 
good for you. I yeah, don't care did. what you want. Like, <laughs> you know. You totally did. So. You're like, you're the one that's getting old. You need to get on it. Pretty much. Um, do you think it's too because of maybe the guys he was hang- friends with and hanging out with were not like known to be family guys? Like, I don't want to put judgment on them, but they're not really the jackass guys are not really known to be like family men. Back yeah, then. it wasn't his world. I mean? It wasn't yeah. his world to the settle commitment down. of settling down and having a family and that sort of thing. How did that happen when you guys after you got married? Was that kid something you planned and um, were like purposely doing or was it just sort of like, oh, yay, it's happening? No, we wanted kids um and we wanted them right away it took me about a year to get pregnant with my daughter which was a surprise Mm -hmm. for everyone I think you just think oh you're gonna we're and then we're gonna get pregnant and then taking the years the part that was a surprise to you that it took so long because I was like oh and now we'll have a baby yeah and you're like wait yeah why isn't this happening um so it took about a year but but we want we both wanted kids and we both wanted them right away so we, you know, started trying. It took me about a year to get pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, I got pregnant with my son. In fact, I got pregnant on the same weekend, two years apart. Oh, wow. My kids are born in the same week. You have a romantic weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So you have two birthdays. For, you have your kids' birthdays in the same week? Mm-hmm. The same <gasps> week in like? October. Is that – um? See, okay, so we have something similar in that – my husband's birthday is actually uh, the 15th, so it's Friday, and my daughter's birthday was the 5th last week, so their birthdays are 10 days apart, and I remember my husband being like, oh, but he was at least happy because her original due date was the 13th of April, so they would have been just a couple of days celebrating their birthdays apart. Um, is that tough for birthday parties, or do you just do one big one, or do you try to keep them separate? No, we do. It's been awesome. I mean, it's an exhausting week, but we basically sure. do birthday week mm-hmm. so far so right now they're six and four so so far we have done combined parties we do one big party we invite everybody in their whole class it's like a whole big thing right and but we only to do it once and then we take one day off during the week and bet- like in between their two days and go to disneyland fun so we just get it all the whole shebang out the way <laughs> just do it all and it's done it's oh. awesome Hi, you guys. I want to take another second to tell you about Kinset, the world's smartest thermometer. Now, if you haven't heard me talking about Kinset by now, where have you been? Kinset is an amazing tool that I can use to help keep my daughter well. I'll tell you why. Because it remembers her temperatures, symptoms, and medication history, and also gives me tips on what to do next when my daughter isn't feeling well and it can even send that information to her doctor it's a great tool to have in my toolbox so if you want to learn more about kinsa go to kinsahealth.com the world's smartest thermometer and i want to tell you guys about bumby box bumby box is an eco-friendly toy subscription service that means every month you and your child will get a box full of toys that are specifically chosen just for your child. Each Bumby Box includes activities, ideas, songs, and reading lists, and you can choose whether or not to have the box shipped to you each month or quarterly. When you go to BumbyBox.com, enter the code M-I-H-O-O-D at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your order. Amazing! Go right now to BumbyBox.com and find out why Bumby Box is a better way to play. They, they've done such a good job with creating an experience for people when they go to Disneyland that I think other theme parks 
Um, I used to work at Universal Studios. And while I like Universal, it's just not the same. It's not the same vibe. It's not, it's but not... it's but it's awesome. I feel like I underestimate Universal. We took... Uh... Well, it's much better now than oh when I worked there. Because there was it's... no Harry Potter. When I was there, there was no Despicable Me or the Swirly Land. Uh, none of that was there. It was like the Terminator. Um, this was like way back when. It's really good now. Yeah, it's much we better. We took my nieces and nephews who came to visit, and they're older than my kids. So they're, you know, preteen-ish. Mm-hmm. And we took them on kind of a drizzly day to Universal. And my expectations were so low because I had been there before and been like, this is... Lame sauce. Totally lame (laughs) sauce. (laughs) But I was like, we'll go. It's like drizzly day. They're visiting, whatever. And we had such an unexpectedly awesome time that I was like, we need to keep this back on our radar. It's much better now than when it used to be. They've definitely taken some time to create separate areas, sort of like Disney has, like with their, you know, um, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, all of that. They've got, you know, the Simpsons area, the Mm -hmm. Springfield area. They've got the Harry Potter now. They've got the whole Despicable Me and the Boardwalk. So it's, it's, they've definitely taken some time to kind of reimagine that a little bit. It is definitely better and the studio tour was the good studio tour who was your tour guy i thought it was gonna be like cheesy and mm-hmm. i have like 95 percent of the universal tour guides listen to my show no <laughs> i used I to be that's what i was i was a tour guide at universal i was a, and i was a vip guide oh my gosh it was so fun mm-hmm. our tour it's fun yeah everybody thinks it's cheesy because they write out cheesy things that you are you know cheesy jokes in the manual that you can say or you're supposed to say that's why a lot of them are similar tours and some tour guides still do them, but some of them don't. I never did. I was so inappropriate. I was the most inappropriate tour guide. If you had been on my tour, you probably would have been like, Oh my God. Like I talked about sharding. I talked about, I mean, I was like out of control. I, we didn't, I should have been fired. That was not our tour guide. That experience. was not your tour guide. No, but <laughs> it was just so fun. Like even the, you know, they have the thing about universal now is it has all the, digital ride what do you call like the virtual rides oh yeah the 3d rides. all the 3d stuff yeah, and then yeah, the stuff yeah. is on the tour now like the fast and furious thing that's that's 3d uh-huh. um king kong the king kong i mean that thing is fun and it's mm-hmm. like 45 minutes yeah it's so long so long it's nice to sit down i used to make that joke like hey how many of you guys are excited to see the studio tour and i could you know would raise their hand and i was like and how many of you guys are excited to sit down for 45 minutes? And everyone's like, woo! I mean, it really is the best thing because you could just sit and eat your snack and someone else does all the work. Uh, that is a perk of the tour for yeah, sure. Totally. Um, so how long after having kids did you start Hollywood Housewife? My daughter was like three months old or something. Oh, so like really early on. Yeah, I was definitely having that whole... I did that thing with my daughter where I was like, I am not just a mom. <laughs> I am a writer and a creator, and I'm going to have my own things, and I'm not going to lose myself in this yes, child. see, I love that. That's why – that is totally what I was all about, and, you know, yes, continue. I love it. I just got excited. So I was that way. By the time my son came along, I was a little bit more of like, I'm just going to lose myself to this whole thing because this is awesome, and I can mm-hmm. get myself back. With my daughter, I just was really resistant to being, quote unquote, just a mom. Just a mom, yeah. I lost that because then I started to realize how awesome it is to be a mom. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I was like, no, because I didn't work. I have I had and have sometimes a lot of hangups about not having a nine to five mm-hmm. or not having a salary. You and feel so, judged? Is that what you mean? You feel like people are judging you for not having a full time job? I feel judged, but also I judge myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Because I've always had a nanny. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I had help with my kids. Oh, that's nice. And I didn't work. And I just beat myself up about that. Instead of instead of being like, this is awesome. Oh, I am. Yeah, this is my life. This, this is, great. is, I'm lucky to, I mean, I always felt lucky, but like, instead of just embracing it and being like, I feel very lucky to be able to spend this time with my kid and have help if I need it. Yeah. That was not the attitude I took. Instead, the attitude I took was just beating myself up. Like, how could I? How dare I? I did all the judgment for myself. Yeah. I didn't even let people yeah. put that on me. Yeah. So because of that, I was like, I have to be doing – I have to be something. doing something. Mm-hmm. So I started the blog because I loved writing and blogging is instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And it was also a way to connect. Like, I'm I'm very pro-blog, especially for women who are at home. Mm-hmm. Like, as an outlet, as a connection point. I've, some of my best friends that I've met in my life now, I met through blogging. Like, I'm just a very pro, pro-blog, even though I closed my blog. <laughs> I'm so say, pro, closed I closed it. Um, uh, because your blog is very, is and was very – I think it's still pretty successful. Like, I, I'm sure people still go, and you probably get reactions to things you've written, you know, over the years. Um, but what ultimately led to you shutting it down? Because it was so popular. I spend a lot of time on it. I mean, weekly. Like, it was I, – yeah. I put a lot into it. Tell me about it. <laughs> That is, I, I hear you. <laughs> and I think I just, after, you know, almost six years, like I did it for five wow. year, five and a half years, I was just like, I have, I feel like I have gotten as much out of this as I possibly can. Like the balance didn't work anymore. Like for a long time, it was fine that I poured a lot into it. It was what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. then just slowly those scales tipped and I got to a point where I was like, I have with as much time as I spend on it, I have not, I'm not getting the same amount out anymore. Like either emotionally for myself or, you know, money-wise or, or, or any part. And so I, I kind of scaled it back. I was like, I'm only going to post once a week. Like I kind of did all of these things to scale it back. And then eventually I was just like, this is just not, I'm actually need to enter a new phase. I need yeah. to like cut the cord and enter a new phase. And I every day, almost every day since, I've been like, should I go back to blogging? Do you miss it? I, I miss a lot of things about it. I really do. But I, um, the big thing that helped me close it or helped me decide to close it was I became um, part of a podcast that one of my best friends started called Sorta Awesome. Mm-hmm. So Sorta Awesome started a year ago this spring. And um, the main host is Megan Teets. She's one of my oldest, dearest. I mean, that's Dr. Megan on your blog? Or is that a different Megan? No, it's a different Megan. Different Megan. Different okay. Megan. Um, Megan Teets is a high school friend in Oklahoma. She lives in Oklahoma City now. And she, oh, she started... does? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought she was here. Okay. No, she lives in Oklahoma City. And there's three other co-hosts. I'm one of a rotating. So I'm only on once a month. But doing sort of awesome made me be like, oh, this is what it's like to be part of a creative thing that works. Mm-hmm. It just was so different. I feel like I'd been swimming upstream on my blog for at least a year at that point. And so then I was like, oh, no, this is this feels good to me. This feels right. And not because of this the success of it, mm-hmm. although Sorta Awesome has done great and I'm super proud of it, but just like the way, just like collaborating with people, just like creative fulfillment-wise, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is working and this other thing isn't. Yeah. I have found, and I wrote an article about this in the Huffington Post, um, that podcasting is becoming the new mommy blog. 
Totally. Because moms are finding that their writing is only getting them so far. There's the blog market is so saturated that it's hard to get attention for your blog. It's hard to get an angle, um, and get noticed. And podcasting is a great new way to do that because you're offering a more personal, intimate look at someone's life, um, because they can hear you and they can take you with them. They can listen to you in the car, you know, um, dropping kids off or in the airplanes, in airplane, in the airplanes, in airplanes, you know? Um, and it's, uh, I'm noticing more and more mommy bloggers are either starting a, a podcast or skipping the blog altogether and just going right to podcasts, which is what I did. Like I, I sort of have a blog. I mean, I write every once in a while on there, but I mostly am just all about the, the PCAST. The, it's a harder audience sell though. Totally. Anybody can click through. They're on, people are on their phones all the time yeah. or whatever to click through and read a blog post or see something on your website, you know, even a video or something, but you have to seek out podcasts. Yeah. You have to purposefully go listen to them and then, you know, you purposely go find them and then and then listen ho- to them yeah. for like an hour. I mean, yeah. it's a real commitment. It is. <laughs> and especially if somebody has like a terrible voice or whatever, there are some podcasts that I'm like, oh, this sounds great. And I'll listen and be like, oh my God, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I can't. Right. Um, but they're like really successful. So obviously, you know, maybe I'm too picky. Um, but uh, yeah, I found that I just really enjoy the medium a lot. Um, and like you, after I had my daughter, I was at home for a couple of years trying to figure out what I was going to do creatively because I didn't want to lose myself and the person I was before, um, I became a mom. And I also just don't like the idea that my daughter thinks that I just sit around all day and wait on her hand and foot, you know? Right. I I like her. She will say to me all the time, mommy got to go to work. Mommy goes to work. And then she'll say, I got to work and get out her laptop and start like beating on it. And I was like, that must be what it looks like I do. (laughs) But that's good so, that but she sees good. that. It's yeah. important for me to for her to see that I do other things than um, other than just feed her and put her down for naps and play in the backyard and those fun things. But I too feel very lucky and very blessed that I get to stay at home with her and you know and be her mommy. It was something I never thought I would I would want to do. I never wanted a big family. I never thought I would be a mom. Oh um, really? Mm-mm. No, like all my friends in Oklahoma all had kids long before I ever did. My husband and I were married almost 11 years before we um, had our daughter. We just were like, we loved, you know, going out, partying, traveling. You know, we just sort of loved the independence of it all. Mm -hmm. And then we had um, some friends who had kids and we were like, uh, huh, you know, maybe we should talk about this more and revisit it. And he actually was the one who was like, yeah, I'd like to think I'd like to be a dad. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, and it, and that's sort of how we started the discussion and then ended up having it. Cause I was like, all right, well, I'm getting old. So we need to get on this. <laughs> um, but I love it. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was on your blog that you talk about your faith. Now, being from Oklahoma, I too, I literally was reading it going, oh my God, because I had a lot of similar experiences. Um, First of all, did you go to Falls Creek? Is that what church camp you went to? What church camp did you go to? I didn't go to church camp. I know what Falls Creek is. I'm not Baptist. I went to a a big summer sports camp called Kanakuk. Oh, okay. Um, So I too was raised, you know, in the church and very religious and all that stuff, but I, and I, uh, 
I love what you said about how you kind of went through a phase where you were, especially out here, kind of separating yourself, um, not necessarily from God, but maybe from religion and um, the judgments that come along with religion, stuff like that. Tell me a little bit about that and how what your faith is like to you. Because I know you've got um, some opposing viewpoints from your husband probably and like – um, actually, we have less opposing viewpoints now than we used to. Mm-hmm. I this is a this is a deep topic. This is a hard. <laughs> topic Should I get to some tackle. wine? No. <laughs> wine might help. Right. Um, I was super super into church, mm-hmm. um, and Christianity and everything when I was in Oklahoma. It was a huge part of my central identity right for I mean most of my whole life and it was really really important to me and who I was when I was in college I think I did the stereotypical thing of like wait maybe not all of this is true mm-hmm. and I, th- I honestly think looking back I was not connecting these dots at the time I had studied abroad in Europe and loved it. And it was my first time to really be out of the country. And, you know, I went to Scotland and France and and I was like, oh, this is a really big world. And there's a lot of people who believe really different things. I My experience in Oklahoma was very bubble-like. A lot of people just believe the same thing. And yeah. even though you can know intellectually that, like, not everybody believes that. You know that in your head. Only but when you get out in the world and really you experience see it, it yeah. I have you a, like, wait. I have a lot of disagreements with my friends, my best friend who's still back in Oklahoma, where she says things sometimes and does stuff, and I'm like, that's not the way the world is. And she's like, well, it should be. Like, she is a very hard and fast religious belief, and anybody else who doesn't believe what she believes is wrong. And I wholeheartedly disagree with her. I will say if I was still in Oklahoma, I probably wouldn't. Coming out here has exposed me to so many more people and cultures and lives and circumstances that I also started questioning and wondering and like saying, well, how could this be? How could God have designed something to be so black and white when there's so much gray? So. So much gray. And a lot of the things that I that I was taught were not even necessarily from the Bible. They mm-hmm. were cultural. Yeah. They were like current cultural. Um, and I didn't know how to separate those. And so, you know, I, I grew up in a really great church, a really great small non-denominational church in my hometown in Oklahoma, which actually kind of saved me in a way because it did not have – sort of the rules that certain denominations have right. or impose upon their their people. I So I, I was protected from that a little bit. But just as my world got bigger when I moved out here, yeah. as I traveled, and even now, like in the last few years, I've gone to third world countries for the first time. Like even as my world gets bigger and bigger every year, I just feel so differently about um, God. Yeah. So would you say then your relationship with God is evolving? Oh, always. 
always. And I've gone through phases where, like I went through a phase of my kind of, what is this, like my late 20s, a while ago when I was like, you know what? I'm just pressing pause. I'm actually not going to think about any of these things. Yeah. Like, I'm I, just going to wait. I'm kind of in spiritual survival mode. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not going to go into a deep despair one way or the other. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to pause. I came out of that. was like, okay, well, that you can't do that for your whole life. Some people do do that for their whole life. I don't want to do that. I want to actually think about what I believe about some of these things. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I've been the last couple of years. Now, my husband, because you asked why we were really different, when we first started dating – I was a, I was all on the Jesus train all the time. And he wasn't. Yeah. But he had a really healthy and still does a really healthy and big awesome view of God. So he wasn't like it wasn't dark in any way, which I had been taught, you know, well if you don't believe this, that, believe. and the other thing. Yeah, then. if you don't believe in Jesus, then um, we can't hang with you. <laughs> we can't marry you. Right. Um, or, you know, I always like, thought the same thing. Can't, or that those people yeah. were, that Sinners those kind of and, people were dark and awful. Yeah. Like if, that if you yeah. didn't believe in this uh-huh. exact specific um, view of Jesus, then you were like an anarchist. Yeah, like totally. A terrible, like a no, Satanist. Yeah, that's there was how no I was middle ground. Too. There's no middle ground. A thing that hinged on the, the story I wrote on the blog about my faith changing, one of the big m- milestones of that story, it's been a long time now and I, I don't think of it until I'm trying to think of the bigger picture of this, but one of my very oldest, bestest friends, dearest childhood friends, um, came out as gay Mm -hmm. and immediately I was like oh I totally don't believe that's wrong yeah for you and for the world and for anything and that was like because if that if I didn't believe that anymore and it was like an instant it was almost like an instantaneous change in me because I could I would have preached a different thing before that the second mm-hmm. that this person that I loved dearly stood in front of me and said this, then it was not an abstract idea. When it's yeah. like a person in your life that you love, and this is true for all kinds of things, you're like, oh, I get it now. And I I just, in a moment, my belief changed. And But in it's almost like a domino effect because if you say that you don't believe one thing, it opens the door. For other things, you start questioning a lot of things. I know I certainly have to. Like, it, you just start questioning. Um, it, I believe that that we are supposed to question. Um, that's one thing I was also taught. Like, you question your beliefs, you question. Because otherwise, then how do you know why you believe what you believe? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a good uh, understanding of it. And also, I mean, if you stop asking questions and you just take something for face value like that seems very naive um and so do you think it will be something that you continue to kind of incorporate in your lives and um god yeah yeah totally yeah yeah that's important to me Mm -hmm. um my faith is important to me even as it evolves it, it changes and i have no thoughts that it's not gonna keep i mean it's gonna keep changing like yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, and do you, I know you mentioned you might want to go back to blogging. Do you think that um, you'll do something under this sort of awesome 
brand or do you think you'll uh, reopen up Hollywood Housewife? Like, what No, you- I wouldn't. I wouldn't blog as a sort of awesome brand. It's not. I'm just one of a team member there. I and I love sort of awesome. But do you find you have creative juices that are kind of like wanting to do something different outside of Hollywood Housewife? I think I just want to shift a little bit. This is new information. Okay. <laughs> Breaking news, everybody. It. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to maybe explore a, a twist on Hollywood Housewives. So the first incarnation of that was about me, like as a literal Hollywood Housewife. Right. And then kind of some of the ideas that I'm thinking about now is with my audience was sort of awesome. And even with my blog audience, I've been noticing that like there's a lot of women who feel the way I do that. They're at home. They're not working. This is surprising to them. They have college degrees. They're educated. They, they're smart. They have opinions about the world. And they maybe feel like as a housewife, mm-hmm. such a funny term, but like, yeah. you know, as a housewife or a stay-at-home mom or whatever they would call themselves, that their voices don't matter. And so for me now, it's almost like Hollywood housewife, even though that term has always sort of been like a little bit of a wink, like – yeah, it, I I almost want to use that platform that's still there that I've already built to just, I don't know, be an encouragement, be a resource for like so many women mm-hmm. who are smart and curious and interesting and interested and are kind of marginalized. Yeah. Into like either – they're either put in a real housewives category or they're put in like a frumpy, How, yeah. clueless category. Yeah. frazzled mom category right and there's just a lot of us that are not either of those things right absolutely um I'm just thinking of something I remind me to tell you later secrets I'm not gonna say it on the podcast but <laughs> secrets you guys don't get to know um did you ever find like when you were immersed in the mommy blogging world um weirdly competitive mommy bloggers like any of that business because oh, yeah, I'm the mommy so blogging new. world is crazy it is it is okay so I'm not alone in this right because I'm not I'm new to this motherhood in Hollywood has only been around since last August and I have encountered a lot of stuff that I'm like uh oh no we can get a drink and talk about it I did (laughs) I've done the whole circuit I did all the blog conferences it makes me super nervous because I'm I'm an actor like I'm an actor who's just wanted to do something creative and fun um with my life and I'm getting a lot of like heat from areas of mommy bloggers and I'm like I'm we're I think we're doing something different I feel like we're doing something different <laughs> like no. I'm not you trying know to why take you're getting your heat? product reviews like you because can... you're doing it for fun yeah and that is the biggest threat people are so threatened yeah. by like someone who's like this is just enjoyable yeah I'm not trying to take over the world with my podcast or you know your product review website no, or... they take it seriously it makes me it, it's it's just like it takes me aback because I'm I'm not about that at all. The acting world is already so competitive that I was like, oh, I'll just do this thing. It'll be fun. And it won't, there won't be this weird competitive. No, I was wrong. It's weird. No, it's weird. Although I'm, it's weird, <laughs> but then I will say I've made some great friends through it. Yes. So you need, yeah. you can sift through, but there's like, there's a mean girls element. There's oh, a Lord. completely like mentally deranged yes. element. There's some like real disillusion about, what they're doing and what they're adding into the energy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, Oh my God, I'm such an a-hole right now. Um, no, I do want to totally like pick your brain about that because I don't know what to do. 
I literally sometimes just like ignore. Ignoring is a really valid choice. But it's so hard because I'm, I just want to pop off. I just want to say something. And that's hard because it's hard for me because I'm such a blunt person that I want to be like, get out of here with that. <laughs> like, I don't even know you. So it's something I'm, it's something I'm working on or I'm learning another side of myself that I never restraint. That's your, that's your personal growth project. <laughs> that's part of my personal growth with motherhood in Hollywood. Um, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah. I'm glad you let me ask you like all your, all these personal questions. Um, so everybody check out, uh, Laura, you are on Twitter, right? And I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Hollywood HY. Okay. And HollywoodHousewife.com has all these channels. And then I'm also on Facebook as The Hollywood Housewife. And you guys can find her podcast, too, on iTunes? It's on iTunes. It's called Sorta Awesome. You can find us at SortaAwesomeShow.com. We're on Instagram as Sorta Awesome Show. And it's a great podcast, positive, women-based I love it. show. So much fun. And also, I'll put links to all those things Laura just mentioned on my website, too, Motherhood in Hollywood. And um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Um, oh, go to her website, Hollywood Housewife, and read some of her um, old blog posts and stuff. You guys will absolutely love it. Thank love you. it. Uh, can't wait to see what you do next. Yay. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Motherhood in Hollywood. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at MIH Podcast. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Motherhood in Hollywood. I hope you guys are having a great week and we'll see you next time. Mama Funny. Balls.